Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. I need to start this podcast. Uh, well, first of all, I am so excited that we have Molly K. Bernard. Okay, listen, Molly, everyone, I know you all know, and you're all like, oh my God, how did she get Molly K. Bernard? But I am very important, okay? What? So we will begin with telling everyone that Molly's dog's name is Henry, and she has another dog named Judy, okay? They're both Jewish. <laughs> And my name is Judy, and I have a son named Henry. And so now Molly is going to promise me that her next dog will be named Ben. And your next dog or child has to be named Molly. Okay, I'm never having another child. I'm 50. How old am I? Oh, my God, I'm 58. I was going to say I'm 55, but I'm 58. Listen, I have the best story. I have the best Molly story for you. So my friends got married. And he ended up being gay. I mean, he was gay then, but he ended up, he, they got married and then he, they got divorced because he's gay. 
Sure. And they had a daughter named Molly, right? And they're like really close friends, got a dog and named the, like years later, like three years later and named the dog Molly. And they never talked to them again (gasps) because they named their dog Molly and they had a kid named Molly. Isn't that mental? That is totally mental. And I, I think Molly fabulous name for dogs and humans alike. Right. And you're a Molly. I'm a Molly. And I think Molly is also one of the best dog names that, that ever did, that ever did exist. Yeah. I dog sat when I was 18, I dog sat a dog named Molly and she loved trash. And I would say no Molly on the streets, Molly, classy, not trashy, honey. She would always, you know, rifle through the trash. And I was like, honey, no, classy. Um, Molly, you are very beautiful. And today you have like makeup on. Like, what is wrong with you? Did you get up and have make and put on makeup? I, what if I was like, I have no makeup on? <laughs> um, I have a full press day. So you're my first. Uh, okay. Sunscreen. You're very attractive. You're very attractive. And I'm a Leslie. Okay, so I know attractive. Before we get to your current life, which I I do a lot of research on my on my guests. And um I love Hannah Lieberman. Um my my, my, Jew, my Jewish my I love her. I love her. I'm marrying a Jewish attorney. I know. What more can you ask for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. And, and she is also adorable. She's adorable. She's smart. She's a good girl. She's a public defender. She's. Different. I know. She's like a good kind of lawyer. You know, she is. That's right. Now, Molly, you are, of course, on Younger. You've done so much stuff. I'm I'm excited uh, to talk about your new film, Milk Water, uh, which you're the executive producer of. No. What the How heck? fucking great is that? It's wild. I'm extremely, it's, it's, uh, I basically, we made the film in 21 days and I fell in love with it. It was so, so fast. It was like a ultra low budget indie and it was quick and dirty and a lot of night shoots. And, um, it's like, I called it an impossible project because it is, and it was, but then the director, Morgan Angari sent me the, um, she sent me the edit and I was in love with it. And I was like, I'm coming on as EP, honey. Sign me up. Really? I, I have a question. You you put on your EP hat, right? Which is so vastly different than being a performer. You know what I mean? It's like you see this other side of the business or the, the, the creative process, right? Does that affect your, your performing? Like, because you have that knowledge now. Oh, Interesting. You know, I want to do it again, kind of, I w- or I look forward to doing it again while we're making the thing, whether it's a series or a film, because right. it was really, it was actually kind of nice to come on after the film was made because I then was able to use, like, I, I wasn't in my head while making the film as it right. was in my head, as it, which was already enough as an actress, like just dealing with that, which has been great coming on as an EP once the film was made is that I've had a lot of creative control about um, the poster, which I love. Like I ended up inviting a dear friend of mine to make the poster. She does a lot of the 
illustrations for the Times Parenting section. Her name is oh Alex. nice. Her name is Alex Citrin, and she's just so funny. Oh, Jewish. She is. She is very Jewish. Are you kidding? Yes. There you go. And <laughs> full delight. And I just I knew that like I wanted the poster to match our film in style, but also I wanted it to be delicious to look at. Like I wanted yeah. it up on my wall. And I feel like movie posters are such a, it's such a crucial thing. It's a little bit like the book, the cover of the book or. Yep. Know, absolutely. Absolutely. Also buy wine based off the label. Like, oh it- yeah. I mean, there's so many times I, I'll see the poster and be like, oh my God, I have to see that movie just from, yeah, it's very people. We like visual stuff in this country. I know. I know. And so that was fun. That was fun that like I got to come in and we had so many calls with the distributor and I got to be on Zoom. Wow. Zoom and text. Did you learn like so much? I did. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about part of like having creative control. That What I love most about it is that in this instance, it was extremely collaborative. Right. And um, everyone was extremely nice, but also knew we all knew exactly what we, we were very clear about what we wanted and what we didn't want. Right. Um, it just, it was so seamless. I really can't wait to do it again. I'm sure there will be times in my life that I do it, that it's less seamless. Right. Right. But producing is just about being organized and making, making your deadlines. It's so, it's so amazing. I, I was a producer on a, on Rosie O'Donnell show. I, I, I mean, being a producer, it doesn't matter what you're, it's all about fucking details. Like every little detail it's un. You miss one thing, it, it'll screw up the whole, yeah. All right. I have done a lot of research on you, and I know that you don't like to talk about your childhood, but I have been, like, I read many articles. That one said you're Jewish. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, And then I had two different <laughs> articles. One said you were born in Brooklyn, and one said you were born in Las Vegas. Do you want the truth? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I was born in Las Vegas and my grandparents pretty much raised me. Yes. I know that Joseph and Bina. Oh, Joe and Bina. Oh, I miss them so much. Oh, I bet. Um, so my grand, okay. This, you'll love this. My grandfather was, um, he was Jewish and a communist. His real- oh, really? Yeah, his real ass, he was blacklisted, actually. His best- he, he started Lee Strasberg Institute, right? Yeah, yeah he, okay. So he co-founded that and then was the artistic director there. So my grandfather was born Joseph Fieldman. And he, yeah, gentle ring of the bell. And <laughs> um, he, his best friend was John Garfield. And this was wow. during McCarthyism and HUAC was going on. And he was blacklisted, my grandfather, for being a commie and for being Jewish. And he was an actor. He was all of it. Right. What he did is he changed his last name, Fieldman, to his father's first name, which was Bernard. Bernard, Which is why I have kind of an ambiguous, like, you know. Right, right, right. I think it's French. It's not. It's it's just like Minsk, Jewish, American. Right. You know, Brighton Beach. There we go. So you're born in Las Vegas. What is with the Brooklyn? Because I know you went to, wait, let me look at my thing. You went to school in Las Vegas. You- I did. I don't know what's with the Brooklyn. The Brooklyn appeared one day on the internet and I just, I was like, well, you know what? There's going to be weird things. On right, the- right. 
and, and a lot of truths, a lot of mistruths. So, um, any who's will be, I don't know. I guess my grandparents are from Brooklyn and right. I li- I've always lived in Brooklyn. Um, let's see. What is the Brooklyn thing? I don't, I don't know. It's just funny because I had one article that said born in Las Vegas. All right. Okay. So you're born in Las Vegas. You, gr- you go to school in Las Vegas, correct? Yeah. I went to this high school called the Las Vegas Academy of International Studies, Performing and Visual Arts. And it saved my life. So the reason why I don't like to talk about my childhood, and I'm going to give you one sentence, and that's all I can do right now in terms of my, you know, um, where I'm at in therapy. But um, I'm estranged from my biological mother, and Mm -hmm. I never, actually never met my father. So my grandparents really did the brunt of the work. And um, this high school just was this magnet school I had to audition to get into. And it is like this crown jewel of Las Vegas. Like I was in advanced placement classes. It gave me an opportunity to go and get a full ride scholarship to Skidmore. Skidmore, baby. And then it, I think it all, Skidmore also set me up to, I always wanted to go to the Yale school of drama because. Right. So basically this school, this high school set me up for just an incredible, I, you know, Clark County is one of the worst school districts in the country. Right, I know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's amazing that I can even read. Um, But this high school is incredible. Like the amount of care when I went, these, the faculty was like my family. I spent more time at that school than I did at at any, at any home. Right. Really set me up. Like that high school was harder than college and graduate school. No way. It just, it was so- Did you live, did you live on campus or was it um, commute? You commuted? There was a commute. Okay. Your grandfather, Joe, what you took acting classes with him. And when you were six, you learned how to read in his, is that correct? In his acting class. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, he had this studio. He, he retired to Las Vegas and then he ended up opening his own little part-time acting studio. And, um, I think he expected to teach, you know, like the showgirls right? and Pete, like the, the people on the Las Vegas strip entertainment scene. And he ended up teaching like taxi cab drivers and school teachers and mechanics. They all were the ones who wanted to take the acting class. And it was so, he had such a sweet. And did they realize who like that this guy is like major, you know, it's not like you're taking an acting class, at, you know, like, Oh, let me look in the flyer. And there's an action. They're studying with a major right. acting. I know. Teacher. I know. Some of them realized that, and I'm sure some of them had no idea who any of those people were. But um, he, I think he was actually like babysitting me, and that's how I ended up going to the acting class. And then I just couldn't. I was, I fell in love. Would you want? Would you remember like watching the acting class and being like, "Oh my god, I I want to do this"? Oh, or yes, and I I remember, you know, he taught um, cold reading and audition technique at Strasbourg. Uh-huh. So he pretty much. He would do some scene study, but it was a right. lot of like cold learning how to cold read. A yeah. Thing, which is, I think, why I still to this day love auditioning because it was, I learned how to do that before I learned how to do a play or be in a play or read. Right. A, like it was more, you know, how to show up, deal with your nerves, and be present on the fly. And it is so like if you're going to be an actor, that I took a class like that in LA and it, like, just here's the material. You have 10 minutes, 
come back. We're going to, we're going to film you. You're going to watch yourself. And it was like, Ooh. Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a seventh dimension of hell really. Yeah. But I think because I kind of, my grandfather, he just like kind of taught me ass backwards. Like I loved it right. before that, that was what I thought acting was. So when I went to this high school in Las Vegas, I did my first play when I was like 14 or 15 years old. Right. After being in acting class for basically 10 years before that. Did you go to Clark County Public School before that? I did. What was it? Was it like showgirls, kids? And like, what was the student body like? That's any question. I mean, it's Las Vegas is such a strange mix. Yeah, yeah. People just end up there. There's very few folks who are born there. Everyone has like a story of how they ended up in Las Vegas. Right. Um, Now, I think, I mean, I haven't been back in like... 15 years. But when I was there, when I was growing up, yeah, there were showgirls kids. There were like pharmacy wow. kids. There was a lot of, um, there's a huge Mormon population and a big Christian population. So there's actually like within the city of sin, there's a ton of religion there also. Right. Um, well, they have to save the people. That's right. Everyone needs you know, to. Yeah. I need to be saved. Very oh, important. God. My partner, Hannah, just came in from the outdoors with sunglasses. Looking cute. Let me see. Hannah Banana. Look at her. Look at her. Look at her. Hannah. Yeah. She is adorable. Can you believe it? I mean, the two of you are like hot one and hot two. I can't take it. Okay, so listen, I have two moms who adopted me later in life and yeah. they're, they're, they're married and they're my light. They're my saving, saving grace. Um, when I first showed, like I went on this, my first date with Hannah and I was obsessed and I, I mean like drooling, like salivating, like, could, right. like, could you know, my cheeks hurt because I could yeah. And I showed my fucking mom a picture of Hannah and my mom went, she, she goes, oh, she likes you. <laughs> she's so good. And I was like, that's all oh, that. That is so Swedish kind of. So you're saying she's good looking and that you find her attractive. Is that what you're trying? Is she Jewish? Are any of your moms Jewish? Yes. I got a Jewish and a Christian mom. Okay. And I'm going to go with the Jewish mom saying she likes you. Of course. That's right. Because we cannot give a compliment. It has to be completely backhanded. That's correct. Um, You do this to your kids. I say, I love you. I love you so much. She goes, okay. Oh, no. I am like, that is very... Is she like any Holocaust? My mother was like that. My mother was. Your mother was like that. Yeah. So my mother was like, I, you know, we never hugged. We never, nothing. There was no, the only thing that got any sort of, I I would say kudos or you felt loved was when you had a snarky, clever comment. Like that was, that was the money in my family. Like. Very funny, very, you know, and and I was taught like people who are emotional in public or are faking. So I was like, oh, this worked out really well. Hey everyone, you know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious 
lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra. That has a little green tea in it, and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And, you know, it's getting warmer out, and what does that mean? Summer. Oh, God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor, and I love them, and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDYGOLD at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. Growing up in Las Vegas to me is just a whole, because I, you know, I'm older than you. For me, like Vegas wasn't a place people lived, you know? It's, it's, it's not like it, right. I mean, it obviously is because I'm a human being and you're talking to me and I right. was there, but it is a, it, it's not a good, I'm sorry, Las Vegas people who are listening to this. It's, it's not a good place to grow up. I did not have a good time there. I met right. one of the best friends of my life. Um, right. My best, my very, very best friend, Vicky and her family. Um, and they all moved back to the East coast though. They're right. all did you visit Brooklyn or, or the East Coast when you were a kid? Or yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you knew there was a world outside of Vegas. I did. And I was just counting down the days, hours, and minutes until I could get the fuck out. I have not been back since the day that I left when I was- Wow. I had just turned 18. And I, I think I will probably make it my life's work to never go back. Wow. That's pretty heavy. So- like, at what age were you where, oh, my God, my grandfather's this, like, icon? Screen Actors Guild magazine did a feature on him when I was, like, 14 or 15. Right. He's, like, the last great acting teacher alive. Because my grandfather also studied with Stella Adler. And I know. That's amazing. Yeah, his best. And he, he was in class for years with Mark. Right, right. They were very, very close friends. And so I don't – none of it made sense to me. Like, I remember when my grandfather drove me up – to the Hollywood Hills in LA to visit Marlon when I was a kid. And I was really afraid of him because he was really big and scary. And my like God uncle was Jerry Lewis. So I I was, Oh my God. I wasn't, I was aware, but unaware, but 
I, I think because my grandfather was such a snarky guy and because Jerry was such a snark, like, uh, and my grandmother also, I like always, I would go, I would get detention in school because I swore all the time because no right. one told me it wasn't okay to right. like, shit, poop, dick. And I remember right. I overheard my grandparents talking about Bill Clinton's impeachment and I was like 11 years old. Right. I don't know. This was, must've been, I don't know. I was in like first or I don't know what grade I was in. It must have been third. 99, 99. It was 1998, 99, seven, nine, yeah, I something. I was too young to say things. Like, he just got a blowjob. That's okay. Right, right. <laughs> and then, boom, detention you get. So I was just around these these, these big, right. big. And I, I think my grandfather always said I had a sailor's mouth. But that's because I grew up. This is the other thing about growing up in Las Vegas is, like, my grandparents and I, you know, before bed – they, we would all play like a round of poker. And oh my God. I love them. If they were perfect people, if, if my grandmother be, if me or my grandmother be my grandfather in poker, he would call us a Nazi bastard. <laughs> if my grandfather beat my grandmother. She would call him a cocksucker. <laughs> and this is just like the love language that I, but that, I did that with my kids. My mother used to call me a truck driver. And why do you, why do you curse so much? And there is a study that people who curse a lot are highly intelligent. F Y and I, you motherfuckers. So uh, you fucking piece of shit anus. You know, it's interesting because my parents were older when they had me, they were 41 and 48. So I, you sort of had the same thing where you grew up with an older, different values. You know, that's the thing that they had different values than young parents. You know, they were set in their ways. They knew, like, that's why they cursed around you because they knew that it wasn't like, oh my God, she's going to be a horrible person if she fucking curses. Right. Motherfucker. They also just lived through so much shit that- Right. I think by the time they had me, they had sorted all of their existential bullshit out. Right. Listen, let's just help her a little bit along this. It's, it's, life is hard and it's going to- right gonna fucking suck who knows what she's gonna live through so like right right so all right so you're taking you're going to these acting classes and then and you go to this amazing high were you popular in high school um judy i was freshman and sophomore class president okay i'm gonna vomit you have to understand i was also fucking prom queen but oh my god it's okay it's okay i went to a performing arts school. There were uh-huh. no sports. This was not, I mean, the, it was truly people like this was the freak school and I, it's okay. It's okay that that happened. Mm-hmm. And so I, was, very, I think I was popular because I didn't give a shit. I just, right. Was uh, there anyone else in your class that is, that we would know that went to the high, high school with you? Yes. Julianne Huff. She's hmm. a very, very, she's very, very famous. She's on Dancing with the Stars. Right. Okay. I love that. I love that. Okay. Do you know Kathy Najimy? Of course. I love Kathy. She was a guest on my podcast. I think the three of us need to have a hang. Kathy's one oh of my- Oh my God. I love her. I love that apartment too. Oh, I know. Okay. Let's do a hang with Kathy. Okay. The best. She, she plays my mom. She plays my mom on Younger. Yeah, I know. I know. You think I don't know this shit? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm, Molly, I'm very, yeah. I, and I love, you know who I love? Dan. Oh yeah. I mean, he's the best. Yeah. And I love Samia. Oh my God. Come on. Um, we, our kids had a play date when they were very, very young. Are they around the same age? Yes. Henry and, and Samia are, 
I wanted them to get married, but it's not happening. Um, and I don't want anyone. I, I, I wouldn't marry my son. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe one of them. I, I don't know. All right. Don't say that, Judy. That's terrible. That's mean. <laughs> Shut up. Huh? With two sons. Two sons. So do you, I think, is it true that lesbians are destined to have boys? So if you use frozen sperm, it's like 70%. I don't know if it's still like that, a boy. Because they survive, the boy's sperm survives. But I got to tell you, my, I have fr- lesbian friends with daughters. I love being a boy mom. You have. I kind of hope we have one of each. Yeah, that would be, I thought we were going to have one of each, but we didn't. So it's fine. But yeah, I love being a boy mom, but. You think you raised them well? Here's the thing. That's a weird question to ask. I'm so sorry. It's hard to, it's hard. No, to- no, no. It's, it, here's what's interesting about lesbians raising boys. Cause I've, and I've asked their girlfriends, cause of course they're straight. I can get any, like they're straight. It's like they're. Um, and I, I mean, for years, I'm like, do you think maybe a little bit like anything? No. So they, this is the difference. They both have female best friends. They know how to be friends with a woman. They don't. It's never like that. They're only, like there's so many guys, especially, you know, since I'm a comic who just don't know how to have a, a platonic relationship without objectifying straight guys, you know, without objectifying the woman, which is also very apparent in their material. But yeah, they don't ever think women can't do something. They they think of us equally. They have, you know, it's like, oh, you know, my best friend, blah, blah, blah. And it's like not a big deal, you know? And they never, it was never a big deal to hang out. And it's, I mean, it's interesting that they're both bro-y kind of guys. So, and that was not from either of us, but they still, and they love sport. They're very straight, but then there's this other side. And I asked one of Henry's old girlfriend, what's the difference between him and other guys you dated? And she's like, oh my God, he talks about his feelings all the time. It's so annoying. (laughs) So they definitely are very emotionally intelligent and in touch with their feelings. So much. And they cry and they, you know, like, I mean, I read an article where you were talking about one of the characters in Transparent where you would meet in the morning, right? Oh, yeah. And so I guess the cast would meet in the morning and you'd have to say what you're grateful for. And one of the bro guys just, you know, like just had an emotional sort of. So Joey Soloway um, did uh, love Joey. Joey lives down the street from me in Provincetown now. Oh, really? Yes. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Provincetown thing. I love Provincetown. Yeah. I'm a Fire Island gal myself, but I love Oh, uh, are you? Um, I mean, yes, I am. But okay, so Joey, it's it's actually, yes, I just want to yes and what you said, but it's even a little more interesting because it's it wasn't just the cast. It was the crew, the transpo drivers. It was every person. I love that in making the show that day. Oh, I love that. Catering, PAs, everyone stood around in a circle. It was called the box. You'd stand on the box. And if, you know, if the spirit moved you, uh, stand on the box, do a check-in. How are you today? What are you grateful for? What's bothering you? Like a full, just open 
invitation to bring yourself, your feelings and your like your vibe. I don't know. That's a terrible word, but right. Ever essence, your essence that day. Right. And yeah. Well, I mean, every, I looked, it was my favorite part of being on that show, but yeah, one day this transport driver got up and he was like, you know, I, uh, was home with my, my wife and I just, uh, I just feel like I'm able to talk about my feelings now because of this experience. I, I'm like, I can actually, I've learned that being brave is being vulnerable. What? I had to pick my jaw up off the floor. I was like, this is, this is amazing. This is his, how lucky is his wife? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Transpo driver. So good. That is fucking great. It was amazing. I mean, that show, I think, really was the first of its kind. And right. I, I just can't wait for, I can't wait to see what else Joey does and how, how they're going to go about, you know, changing this industry from the inside out in terms of if you're a feeling sensitive person, you're going to make beautiful, beautiful. Right. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. One of my heroes, you got to play her daughter, Judith Light, who I know because um, I've met a few times. I, I just have to, can I just tell you a Judith Light story? 
when I, uh, I, I don't know, it was in the nineties and I went to, I've always been an activist for equality. Um, and we went to the March on Washington uh, or it was, I think it might've been at the AIDS. I've been, I had been working at the AIDS ride since like 84 and she spoke at this rally and I, I must've been, I, you know, 20, I don't know, 24, 25, you know, with, and and this is the eighties and it's not, you know, we're in the middle of this AIDS crisis, you being out, like you just couldn't be out. I mean, it was a whole different world. Like the AIDS crisis totally, you couldn't hide, gay men couldn't hide anymore. That was the thing. They had to come out because they're walking down the street at skeletons and people realize, you know, it really, and it also brought the community together, but she spoke at one of the marches or one of the rallies and it was the most moving, you know, she said something about love. It, you know, there's no bad love. There's no, and it was, she, and it was like, here's this straight woman who doesn't have to come out here and support. And this is when it wasn't popular, you know? I just, she's so, like, I I just, like, have this deep admiration and love for her. She's such an incredible person. She is a, and I tell her this every time I see her, she is a national treasure. Yes. And and I think, you know, I actually, I didn't play her daughter. I played the young her. Oh, I mean the young, yes. I'm sorry. The Her is a young. Sorry it, about that. Oh, my God, no. That must have been so challenging. I mean, I thank God I have a, you know, fancy MFA from Yale. Yeah. They they taught me how to actually trust my instincts there. And um, I trusted my instincts. And that involved, I, you know, I, I had watched a bunch of Transparent. I'd watched it twice over the whole first two seasons because I came in in season three. And I just decided in order to prepare to play like young Shelly, I was going to actually watch this both seasons through for the children, just watch the actors right. playing her kids. Right, we needed to be closer to them than than to Judith herself. Right, and that was. I'm 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 just so glad I trusted that. Otherwise, I think I would have you know been doing an imitation of or right, right, right. Yeah, and that like just on the surface, yeah. But when we met, she I actually did that. That first episode, the first time we see young Shelly, I did that before ever meeting Judith. And I think that was really important because when I met her, we had just, I have this, I have pictures of the first time I met her and we're just like crying and laughing. And she grabbed, touched my nose and she was like, oh, you got a better nose than me. I love you so much. It was, it was so. She, Yeah. She is the light. She just. She is. I know. She's so. I know. That's perfect. That's a perfect name for, you know, whatever, Judy. You sent Sutton Foster fan mail because you were obsessed with Thoroughly Modern Millie. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And she sent back a headshot that said, follow your dreams. That's right. She did. And then you're working with Sutton Foster. I followed those dreams right, right down to the brass tack. Sign me up in a series with Sutton for seven years. Come on. That is, that does not, when you said to her, well, I'm sure she had no recollection whatsoever, right? No, she didn't. Zero. 
What what was her reaction when you said, you know, when I was 14, blah, blah, blah. You know, Sutton has like the most like joyous, buoyant laughter. So when I told her that she just had this huge smile and like threw her head back and did a big cackle. She loved it. But I now it's become both our our inside joke and the entire cast's inside joke. I'm like, you know, if she like if we can't get our shit together in a scene, I'll just be like, follow your dreams. <laughs> Foster and it, it, she just, it's become our, we troll each other with the follow your dreams XO of Sutton Foster. I fucking love that. I love that. So you go to Skidmore, you go to Yale. Like, what was it like when you got into Yale? Were you like, oh my God? Like, I mean, so I went right out of undergrad, which I was not prepared for uh, in many ways, but. I assumed that I would have to audition like a couple of times because most people audition once, twice, three times before. Right. They- and so I was like, well, this will just be, I'm just going to introduce myself to them. But yet also I was like, and I'm also going to get in. I just, right, I, right, right. Delusional. But I, don't you wish you had that now? Like, uh, that's the thing I, I go, and when I think back and I'm like, I was so, I had no fucking clue. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get the, and it, like, I want a little bit of that left because they chip it away and chip it away until you're just a fucking bitter old dyke like me. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I am only 14, but I'm <laughs> to being a bitter dyke. Uh, I, you know, I don't fucking know. It was, I just, I, when I got in, I knew that I had gotten in. I, the, right. the, I when I was first auditioning, cause it's a long process. You have, you have a, you go to, you go to Yale, you audition, you have an end of hour callback, then end of day. So you have at the end of hour, you show, you do your monologues again. And then at the end of the day, you have a brief interview with the chairs of the department. Is that for everyone or just sometimes they go at end of hour, take care, have a nice day? Oh, no. Yeah. It's, 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 you, they only like one or two people from each hour get an end of hour callback. And I oh think- my God. Wait. So you're sitting there. How do they announce it? Yeah. There were two of us. They just like go on this in the hallway. They like, tape the tape and list of names on. The oh board. my God. Oh my God. That's so seventh grade. Did I get in the school play? Exactly. No, it is. It was fully. Did I get in the school play? And I got into the school play at the end of hour. And then I got cast again in the school play end of day. And as each time I saw my name, I was like, okay, dokie. And I was very real with them at the end of our callback when I had the interview with both the chairs. I was like, listen, I know that I'm funny. I know that I'm quirky. And I actually trust that I'll be able to work. Uh, But I will likely work as, you know, a funny girl for a while. But I I know that I am a whole big, complete person. And I need the training to, like, solidify that and build that. And they were like... Interesting. I was like, I know, I know what I'm good at and I know what I want to train in and I need your help to do that. And wow. Confidante. I, it was, it was less confidence and more like, uh, I don't know. My grandfather like, just needs some surety. It was, so, I it's, fucking love Joe and Bina. I love you, Joe and Bina. Rest in peace. No, no, power. But there, there was something, there was something magical happening. And so when I, they didn't, I was, they said that they would call like nine days after, because then I had to have a whole, and then they have a, a callback weekend, like three weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, crazy. All right. Let's just review that you're there when people don't see their name and leave crying hysterically. And were you like, oh, I feel so bad. But 
I was uncomfortable. I was like, this yeah. Is, um, but but this- <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then you do all that and then you have to wait three weeks. I think it's like two or three weeks. Then you find out if you're invited to final callback weekend and they invite 30 people and they accept 15 people into the incoming class. So you know that you have 50, 50 chances of getting in or not. And it's a two day, like callback. There's classes, there's interviews, you do your monologues again. It's everything. And, and then you're, you know, the students also like show you the campus and kind of answer questions. Did you, for the three weeks you were waiting, like, were you like, oh my God, I I can't, I was, this is the longest. Yeah. I had basically IBS. I like, I like lost a bunch of weight because I couldn't, I couldn't hold down any food. I was so, I got to, I got to audition and wait three weeks if if that's a weight loss thing. (laughs) It was, listen, for a nervous 21 year old, it was, it was a weight loss program. Um, then, then, okay. So at the end of callback weekend, they're like, so you'll know within like nine or 10 days and we'll call you. So it was on the nine or 10th day and I didn't get a call, but I was wait, I was waiting for it. And I was expecting the phone to ring. And this is pre-cell phone. No, you had your cell phone. But I didn't have a okay. cell phone. Okay. Got you. I'm waiting. I'm expecting it. And then I was in rehearsal for this play uh, as a senior in college and I borrowed the stage manager's computer. I was like, I got to check my email. I just have to right. see it. And I got my acceptance letter and I screamed. Oh and my God, that's so exciting. All to the floor. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, and a part of me, I was shocked because I didn't get the phone call. So I was like, uh, no, I, but I was, but I got in. I know I got in. I know that I did. Right. And so it was, it was just, I, it's so you're, it's like you question yourself. Is this real? Is this real? Is this real? It's so, yeah, this business can fucking, oh my God, that's such an exciting story. I love that. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with the one, the only Molly K. Bernard. How fucking great. Come on. That was a good get people. Come on. Anyway, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help, the uh, loyalty, and the dedication of Brittany Joe Sowards. Now, I need you to subscribe. I need you to leave a review. Five stars, please. Five stars. I really, really need that because I want more people to know about the podcast so I can keep it going, okay? Because it is a labor of love. Thank you. If you haven't purchased my book, Yes, I Can Say That When They Come For The Comedians, We're All In Trouble, or listen to my book, Yes, I Can Say That When They Come For The Comedians, We're All In Trouble, you have really major issues because you listen to my podcast and you're listening at the end of my podcast, you know, when it's basically over and you haven't like read my book. It's ridiculous. Okay, so please do that. You can get all links and any information about me that you would like to know about upcoming dates and everything at judygold.com. Com, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D dot com. Also, if you haven't seen the movie Hysterical on Hulu, you have to see it. It's really fucking great. I'm really proud to be a part of it. Oh, and I just did uh, Godcast. The uh, Tweet of God has a podcast where I play Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So please check that out. Uh, I'm going to be in Provincetown all summer doing shows, July and August. Yeah. So I will be uh, needing you to uh, come see me if you are on the Cape because you will fucking have so much fun. Listen, go to judygold.com. You'll see all my dates and everything. Also, 
I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because I'm a Jew and I'm a proud Jew and I'm proud to be Jewish. So that's it. Thank you all so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I'm and I'm proud that we've done so many episodes and I love interviewing people. So thank you so much. Please get vaccinated if you haven't been vaccinated. Uh, it's really important. Really fucking important. And as the world gets back to normal, which I don't even know what the fuck normal is, I hope we are all safe and well and there's fucking peace. I can't take this. Can't even read the paper anymore. So, I mean, I do, but because I have to, but it's so depressing. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. And as we always say, so long. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, for, it's Just Kill Me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me Now. No, Judy Gold's Just it's Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.